Hello and welcome to The Download. I'm your host, Dave Richardson. And geez, we're always happy to have our, our guest today on with us because she brings such a broad perspective about what's going on in markets, the global economy, and pulls it together in, uh, in portfolios uh, for the, uh, the money that she manages. And that's Sarah Riapel, who leads Portfolio Solutions at RBC Global Asset Management. Sarah, welcome. Hi, thanks for having me again. And uh, we've, we've actually just spent uh, quite a bit of time on the road uh, together, uh, doing some, uh, some presentations and some live Q&A sessions. Uh, with some financial advisors, and we've got a, a, a lot of great questions about what people are thinking about around these investment markets, which continue to compound. Very difficult first quarter in both fixed income and a li- little bit in uh, in equity, particularly some areas of equity. So, so let let's get right into it because because uh, again, I know you've got a, a real appreciation for for what investors are thinking about right now. So we've seen this volatility, and as I mentioned, it's both stocks and bonds uh, in in the early part of 2022. So, what are what are your thoughts on it, and and what do you think this means for for investors as as we start as we look forward? Yeah, for sure, we've definitely encountered significant volatility so far this year as the markets have worked through a variety of developments, and you know those include the the war in Ukraine. Uh, the possibility of slower growth, high inflation, which is persisting longer than expected, um, the resulting impact of that high inflation on monetary policy, and then now the rising odds of recession. So against that backdrop, uh, central banks have begun to raise interest rates, and that's marking that transition away from that uh, era of extraordinary monetary accommodation that we've had for the last several years. Uh, and so we're seeing that wind up of quantitative easing and that in, an introduction of quantitative tightening. And so that's a significant shift um, over the last couple of months. And so that's likely going to act as a headwind to the economy and asset prices going forward. So our own forecasts are looking for economic growth to continue to slow uh, and for inflation to be higher for longer. Um, we expect price pressures, however, to uh, peak at some point this year and eventually move lower, but they will remain above normal, normal over the medium term. So as you said, it's been a tough period of adjustments for investors, uh, especially when you compare it to the period of strong gains and relatively low volatility that we saw during 2021. And so it's it's periods like this that, you know, as you said, we were out talking to um, advisors over the last couple of weeks, and, and this is a message I gave to them quite often. And it's periods like this that it's important to focus on the things that you can control. And so that includes keeping your emotions in check, uh, staying invested, focusing on your on your financial goals, because you have to remember that you have no influence over what the markets are doing. You just have to try and ignore that short term noise and and stick to those uh, well thought out uh, financial plans. Yeah, that, that, that was such an important message that and, and I've heard you deliver this and anyone who follows you on LinkedIn uh, has seen posts that you've put up with your thoughts around this. Which, which we, we get into these volatile periods in markets. We get into these periods of, of, of quite a bit of uncertainty. And, and of course, like individuals hate uncertainty. Markets hate uncertainty. So you, so you yep. see that in the, in the way markets are reacting. And it's at that point that people start to move away from the basic principles uh, and, and the basic approach that they use, the planning approach that, that serves them so well and, and try to do something different because the short-term results aren't what they want, when in fact, what they should be doing is running back to those core principles, sticking with them, and that's what's ultimately going to lead them to more success. Yeah, absolutely. I totally agree with that. So, so 
the, the big question then on on the mind uh, of investors and and particularly conservative investors you know m- more aggressive investors people who who invest more so in equities you know kind kind of understand that what what they're buying into which is you're, you're going to see that volatility from time to time mm-hmm. but more conservative investors in an environment of rising interest rates where it's affecting the fixed income the bond side of their portfolio w- yeah. what are your thoughts on on how for, for, for conservative investors, all investors who are using fixed income, um, yeah. h- how you manage the fixed income portion of your portfolio? Well, we've seen a substantial jump in fixed income yields over the last few months, and that's yeah. led to negative returns for bond funds. And, you know, for example, the U.S. 10-year yield climbed as high as uh, 2.97%. That's its highest level since the spring of 2019. And so that significant and rapid climb in yield since December has led to a you know a nine percent ish loss in the bond bond market in the U.S. That's the largest decline in that index since the early 1980s. So it's definitely been um, a difficult period for bond investors. You know, so where do we go from here? For first, I think you have to consider um, some important implications associated with an increase in interest rates, um, and it, it's. While it's painful in the near term, it's not all bad in the longer term. So you have to consider it from the perspective of the total return of your bond investment. That includes both price and interest income. And so while it's true that rising yields can create capital losses in the short term, it also sets the stage for higher interest income and and does higher future returns. So that's something that that I try to remind bond investors of. And then when interest rates are rising, you can purchase new bonds at higher yields. And then over time, the portfolio is going to earn more income than it would have otherwise um, if interest rates had remained lower. So it's important to not lose sight of of that um, and also not lose sight of why you hold bonds in the first place. So they provide income, stability, diversification, and liquidity within portfolios, especially in the face of equity market volatility. So looking forward, the massive increase in yields that we've seen recently um, has actually you know, taken away some of that valuation risk that we saw in bonds. And we think that a further sustained rise in yields from here is probably going to be limited. Uh, over the next year, we are now expecting modestly positive returns for government bonds. Um, and that actually represents a pretty meaningful shift in our view because over the last several quarters, we saw a significant risk of negative returns for bonds. But now that that adjustment has actually taken place, that uh, risk is significantly reduced and we actually have positive return forecasts for bonds now. Yeah, and, and I, I guess the, the, one, of, one of my favorite analogies on this is, is one that uh, someone we've worked with, uh, we've both worked with uh, over the years, uh, Dan Chornis, which you should talk about. Uh, a ball and you've got a ball and you, you, you're in the water, say you're in a swimming pool and you take that ball and you push it down under, under the water, right? And you can think of that if the, the ball is the global economy, uh, yeah. the, the, during COVID, we, we for, you know, for, 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 for good reason, we, we, we locked up the global economy. So we pushed it down under the water and then as things reopen, you release the ball and the ball jumps up over yep. out of the water and it doesn't just come back up and sit on the surface. It kind of overshoots and then settles back down. And so we've seen that with inflation and now interest rates, particularly longer term yep. interest rates, you've got a bit of that overshoot and then you get into that period where things calm back down and normalize. And, and that is, as you suggest, could be, could be good for bonds. So in terms of positioning then, how, how are you positioning the portfolios right now? Well, I think that key theme of, of that we have to continue to think about is volatility. Um, I think that, that we're going to continue to see heightened volatility because of the variety of risks that we've talked about already. Um, the range of potential outcomes for markets is much wider than usual. Um, and so, so we have to be aware of that. 
I think that the bond market has mostly adjusted, uh, but there is still some downside risk in equity markets, uh, especially given the heightened recession risk that, that Eric Lascelles has been talking about over the last couple of weeks. So the significant repricing in assets since the start of the year has provided us with opportunities to, to actually make some adjustments to our asset mix. And so over the last couple of months, we've narrowed our degree of underweight and fixed income in recognition that the, the that rising yields has reduced the near-term valuation risk. And we're also, you know, we're maintaining a slight underweight in fixed income, given our longer term view that rates could rise from here. And notice I said longer term. We think most of that adjustment has happened for the near term and medium term period. And then we've also been active in our equity position. We've added to our equity allocation in stocks um, in the early days of after the Russia's Russia's invasion of Ukraine. Um, We later trimmed that position as the situation involved. And we realized that it was going to have a, a larger and longer lasting impact on the global economy. And then we've also since um, just this week actually reduced our equity weight again, placing the proceeds into bonds. And so that what we're doing is actually moving the asset mix closer to, to neutral than we have been some for some time, um, reflecting that that risk of uh, the rising uh, risk of, of a recession. So all uh, told, we continue to expect stocks to outperform bonds over our one year forecast, but we're made so we're maintaining a modest overweight in equities, but we've we've narrowed that degree of, of overweight over the last couple of months. Yeah, and 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 not surprising giving, you know, if we if we have a frequent guest on 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 the podcast is Eric LaSalle's and and Eric would say that we're we're in that transition from the middle of the the business cycle and starting to show some signs that we're we're starting to dip our toe into the later stages of yeah. the of the business cycle on 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 some metrics. So not surprising that we're in around neutral and 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 moving even more so towards that that position. So I, I know you you uh, you get out like you say we 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 were out uh, traveling across Canada uh, mm-hmm. over the last three weeks and you get asked by a lot of people what uh, what should they be doing during periods of volatility uh, and I know you give great answers on this what uh, what, what do you say to those investors. <laughs> So, yeah, you mentioned LinkedIn earlier. I actually published a LinkedIn post on this uh, topic last week, which is getting some um, some good res- positive responses. And so, you know, w- that post was um, focused on what my I call the, the top 10 uh, basic truths of investing. And so I'd actually published the original list back at the beginning of 2020 before the pandemic. Um, and we had a conversation about it as we were preparing to go out on the road to talk to advisors a couple of weeks ago, and we decided to, to refresh the list. So this is uh, 2.0, the new and improved uh, top 10 basic truths of investing. Um, and I think the focus, I think, is you know on the importance of diversification, uh, maintaining a long-term perspective. Um, time in the market is more important than trying to time the market, especially in these periods of, of um, volatility. Um, and you know, the new truths that I added to the list. So some of the old ones are still there, added a few new ones. And the new truths focus on that more of that emotional side of investing that we talked about earlier and how staying focused on your long-term goals is the key to investing success. And that's especially true during periods of volatility, like the ones that we've seen over the last uh, couple of months. Yeah. And I, I start, a, a, I start most of my, my, pre, my client presentations or investor presentations uh, that I do uh, looking at the impact that emotional decision making can make on portfolios, and and so many studies that show the average investor earns much mm-hmm. less than the market returns, and it and it it's all about uh, making emotional decisions, buying high, selling low, and and missing the returns. Whereas if you if you if you just stick to the plan, as we talked yep. about, 
uh, yeah. you're, you're much more likely to succeed. So the, these, this, uh, as I said, it really suggests that you, you take a look at what Sarah has on LinkedIn, not just now, but uh, all of her posts, uh, I, I think are just fantastic. Whether you're a, a very sophisticated investor or you're just learning to invest, you're just starting to invest, they're, they're just words to live by. Uh, it, it, there's really some excellent content there, and this, and these these basic truths of investing, I, I think, are something you can you can almost print off, post on the wall, and just stick to uh, as you're investing. Whether you're just starting to invest at 20, or whether you're moving into retirement uh, in your in your late 60s or 70s. So, Sarah, uh, always great to, to to get you to come on uh, because you, you always add so much value, and uh, we'll look forward to catching up with you again. Uh, well, probably a little bit quicker than, uh, than than we normally do. That's awesome. Thank you so much for having me. Okay. This recording has been provided by RBC Global Asset Management, Inc. for informational purposes only and is not intended to be investment or financial advice. You should consult your own legal, accounting, tax, investment, or financial planning advisors before engaging in any transactions.